Well, well, well. Uh, welcome back, everybody. My, uh, my how doers and my how tours. How tours. You like that, Grant? I love We're that. Keep that one. How have we okay. never said that until just now? I don't know, but I really like it. Um, yeah, what's up, guys? It's uh, it's Cameron. <laughs> it's um, I'm back with my uh, ride or die partner here. This is like a YouTube video. Yeah, what's that guy's name? He always uh, what's uh, what's up, guys? What's up, everybody? I have every YouTube person that that's exists. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That is that is everybody. Well, like I said, it's me, uh, Cameron Davis. Here with Grant Lukey. Yeah. How are we doing today, Maestro? And me? Is that me? Me? I'm That's my, you. Uh, great. You're maestro. Lovely. Full. Awesome. Just had some food, so you know I'm all gassed up. Wow, gassed up after you had some food. Yep. There he is. <laughs> um. Well, listen, everybody. Uh, today we have an absolute gem. Uh. We are joined by, uh, well, Grant, I, in fact, I believe the, uh, she's just the kindest and most wonderful person. Um, and on top of all of that, I, it, it's actually unfair, uh, how insanely talented she is. Um, and if, if, if we're up to me, I mean, she really needs no introduction, but, uh, I'm going to do my best. Uh, so everybody, uh, she has performed at, uh, the fifth Avenue theater in Seattle, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, uh, and also this little thing called Broadway. Uh, I said this yesterday, but no one else knows it, but I'm going to say it again. It's H2P with Katie Garrity. Hey. What is up? That was super smooth. Never say I think that it, again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fair. Well, yeah, I mean, if especially if we have somebody that's not named Katie Garrity on the, on the podcast, then it would well, just be... Well, that was exclusive. Hey, we live by the motto that every episode is our most important episode, and that's that's why that I happened, love that. Because this is our most important Listen, episode. Listen, I got this a lot of Katie Garrity episode. cousins, so they're out there. I'm just saying. There, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, Katie, uh, thank you so much for coming by and sitting down with us. Yeah. We're all sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to just, we're going to just, we're going to talk shop. We're going to, I think w- what, what we wanted to focus on today is just talking to you about, um, you know, being, being a working actor, uh, being someone who's creative during this time, you know, and just all of the ins and outs of that and, you know, the fun, but also the, 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 the pitfalls <laughs> or, you know, just the things that things to look out for, for, uh, if you know, if this is something that someone wanted to get into. Totally. Um, so yeah, we have, we have some questions for you. Um, Grant, do, would you like to start? Yeah, or, yeah, or? definitely. And, oh, okay, and perfect. I, I, I had a really, this was probably the hardest list of questions to write just because, you know, me and Cameron have some experience and in window into this world. So just, you <laughs> know, true. trying to ask things that, uh, actually are relevant to me and new information to me, but also I think that are interesting questions. So I'm really excited to, uh, to, to do this, but yeah. my, so my first question is, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of elements with being an artist, uh, a, a lot of different things involved with that job. Um, everybody, it seems like has something different that always pulls them back that always, you know, every time you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh man, all these things are working against me, but, but because of this one thing, I want to keep pursuing this and I want to keep seeking out this type of work in my life. And I wanted to know for you, Katie, what is it? that keeps bringing you back to this work? My 
God, that's such a hard question. Like right off I know the it bat. is. I couldn't even right answer this bat. for myself. Wow. Both barrels. Yeah. Holy man. moly. All um, right. I mean, this is such a cliche, but I, I really like living by this where um, obviously a big part of performing is who you're performing to. Um, and I think that it's for me, it's very equally who I'm performing to and who I'm performing alongside that brings me back every time. Um, mm-hmm. cause you're truly never going to find a generally cooler community than theater or performance, any performance really in general. Um, it's just, it's a fun, it's a really cool and fun place where a bunch of people get to like really openly display their emotions while still yeah. keeping it chill with each other. And I think that there's a huge level of trust that has to happen immediately that I don't know if that exists anywhere else. Um, and that's as far as like side to side, who's performing with me. Um, but then also like the cliche is that it's always somebody's first and last show in the audience. And Mm -hmm. that sounds so silly and that's such an eye roll, but it's so true. Like you don't (laughs) know that, um, it's not, you know what I mean? Like that could be the reason that one kid decides that they want to do theater. And like, if you get into how, like the weight of what that actually means, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, like you could be starting that that? life today with this job. Do you think about that? Like at every show that you're going to do like that momentous thought, like, Hey, I could be inspiring someone right now. I think I think about that more on my off days than I do on my on days. Cause my, cause there are some Mm -hmm. days where you're just like, I just want to kill this. Like you just are ready to perform. But I think, I think it's really the days where, um, where it's hard uh, that everything I just said really comes into play. Because it's like the people in front of me who I'm performing to are going to change every night, but my team is next to me and they're next to right. me every day. And I don't know that they haven't had this day two days ago when they were there for me. So it's, right. yeah, I feel like yeah. it's more on the hard shows that I think about it. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and like, okay, so... How is it that, okay, so how did you get to this point, right? How are you, how did you, like, arrive in this, this, uh, this profession? Like, how, what is it about it? So, like, you just talked about what, what brings you back, but how did you get there right. and start? What is, what was is there that one story? show where you were sitting in the audience and you were like, this is what I want to do? It was not, in fact. I was, it was an accident. I was very young. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I was really young. And, um. I did ballet like many young children um, Mm -hmm. along with both of my sisters, but both of them hated it and like went out pretty quickly. Um, But I was really into it, very um, good at it and like wanted to keep pursuing this. And my dance teacher was like very supportive and all of that stuff. So I was basically like the year that I was coming up on being old enough to audition for the Nutcracker in Boston um, was... It, like we were getting coming up, we were ready for it. I was training a lot. Like I had my teacher's blessing and, um, I mean, it was seven years old. Um, but my mom just didn't want that to be my first audition. So she sent me to a, an open call at North Shore music theater, which is a regional theater in Beverly, Massachusetts, very close to where I grew up. And, um, just to practice, like we had no intention of me getting cast, but that's what mm-hmm. happened. And they called my mom and she was very confused, like was absolutely just dead set on the fact they had the wrong kid. So she like <laughs> clarified many times who I was, like what I was wearing, 
She's like, that one, the little, that little <laughs> blonde kid. And they're like, that's the one. So it just kind of happened that way. And then um, I had a blast doing that show, which was a Christmas Carol. They do it every year. It's wonderful. Um, with many people that do it every single year and are still like such huge people in my life, which is amazing that like in my 20s, they're still checking in like they're great people. Um, yeah. So that was the first. And then after that, I like took a few classes that were being um, that were being put on by North Shore Music Theater for kids and um, just kind of started training and then some of the teachers there saw me and they were like, why is she not doing our shows? So then I started getting cast in the shows. And like, I don't think that there's ever like there's there's never been that big moment for me. It's just been like small reassurances that like, yeah, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I am doing. Right. Um, but it was never like a, a come to Jesus moment. Right. Yeah. I, I, I have a very similar experience. My my mother uh, owned a dance studio, so I was like I dancing and performing you. from literally <laughs> as long as I can remember. There's pictures of me when I was literally like five years old in a red sequin vest. I you know, need dancing that to now. Barney or whatever. Why have yeah, I, I never need that like, picture? <laughs> <laughs> like equally, I, I never really had like a moment of like, oh, man, this is it. This is my calling. It's just been like, this is just what I've. This is what this I do. This has just been the environment I've been in. Yeah. So I s stay there. I guess it's like a weird, uncomfortable comfort zone thing. Yes. That's a great that's way of phrasing that. so crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, that's so funny that you guys just like, that our paths were so different in it. And for me, I think it was just, like, it wasn't a come to Jesus moment. I love that in reference to discovering <laughs> Peter. I think that's so accurate. Uh, but it was like one, one time. Okay. I was in, I was in Peter Pan. Okay. Uh, and I was John, you know, and uh, I, they, they, okay, I can hear you. I'm not trying laughing. to hide okay. it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So I, want pictures I of that was too. singing, I was singing my song, which wasn't from, it's not in Peter Pan, but it's, uh, oh, I'm, I'm bad. It's the, uh, anything you can do, I can do better. Oh yeah. That, yeah. That song. Yep. Okay. So I was singing that song and that's like my solo. All right, so like lights are down on me and whatever. And I was always scared. I had such bad stage fright. Mm. But this one show, I just like walked out and I was like, hey, I'm not scared anymore. And it was transcendent. And I remember that moment. Yeah. Like it was yesterday. Um, See, that's cool. I kind of yeah. wish that I did. Because like what a cool moment to live through and remember and like spur you forward. Mm -hmm. Not that I, I mean, yeah. I loved my childhood. I've had such an amazing experience. But like that must have been really cool. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so take me through then, because I, I know this just because, surprise everybody, I know her personally. Uh, no but, one ever uh, believes him, but it is, in fact, true. No. <laughs> I'm saying it on why the record. That? We'll, so we'll many circle reasons. back to that, because I don't know why <laughs> no one ever believes that I know you. Um, so you, so, okay, fast forward, you, you're in college, mm. uh, you're, you're, okay, you're, you're graduating, you have a very different ending to your college career than than most people would you agree yeah okay yeah <laughs> tell me about that well I feel like I can't even mention the end of my college experience without also talking about how weird the beginning of my college experience was yes okay um because you know cut like from that you know seven years old at this regional theater doing professional theater from such a young age so we cut to my senior year of high school and I'm auditioning for all of these musical theater schools. Like any of them that you can name, I auditioned for many of them. I think it was something like, I know it was at least 10, 
possibly even up to 12, but like who even knows at this point. Um, and I auditioned and honestly, like when you, when you performed for long enough, you also like, you know, when you have decent auditions and when you don't, I felt really good mm-hmm. about all of them. Like yep. they went well, I felt calm, I felt good. I felt like I was capable of what I was being asked. Um, and then just like rejection letter after rejection letter shows up and I'm getting into all of the schools academically. Cause when you're auditioning for the programs, you have to audition as well as apply. And that was like just such a moment for me where I'm like, all right, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. I was very lost. Um, and it, it, it's, I'm, I, I'm really proud of my like 17, 18 year old self where like, it didn't necessarily get me down on my talent, but it just kind of like put me at a loss as to where, what do I do now? Um, mm-hmm. Where it wasn't like a, I can never do this again, but it's like, well, if I want to, I can audition again in a year, but what do I do until then? Um, right. And I ended up deciding to go to UMass Amherst, which um, I was intending to go just to like get some gen eds out of the way. Um, I had a lot of scholarships, so I was going for next to free, um, which felt great. And I was from Massachusetts. So also like in-state was great and like all that stuff. So went, had a horrible first, like two months, hated it, was so miserable there. And then just like got cast in my first show and, um, started doing acapella with an unbelievable group and like started finding my friends, started finding my niche. And then when the time came to start like preparing for other auditions, I was like, you know, I just don't think that I've given this place everything I have yet. So, and then after that, that was like a real turning point where I really loved it there and kind of like did so many things that I wouldn't have done because UMass is huge. There's so much going on there. Um, and just like had a ball and did a lot of really cool stuff. And, um, so then cut to senior year of UMass. Um, I, so I had done Shrek at North Shore Music Theater in 2015. 14, 15. Why have I never known that? You did. Shrek I had, the musical. Shrek the musical. Yeah. Okay. So oh I was gosh. gingy and was just like squealing in tones only dogs can hear and <laughs> was having a ball. Um, and then so the director of that was married, is married um, to the person who ended up music directing Groundhog Day. So. Wow. Yes. So that connection is what like got me because all of a sudden I'm just like in my senior year of college and I get this email that's like an equity only agent only appointment for an audition for Groundhog Day on Broadway. I was like, what? Like I'm I'm flattered, (laughs) but I don't have an agent. I'm not equity yet. I don't know why I got this email Um, like checked a couple of times to make sure it was me. This is my mother in mm-hmm. my brain, but yeah. um, <laughs> right. um, just being joking, Martha's very, very supportive. But um, <laughs> yeah, so then I, I went to the audition, went pretty well, thought nothing of it, but also like made it from Western Massachusetts to New York, did the audition and got back in like eight hours flat. So must have been going nine, which is achievement. in It and of really itself, is like, <laughs> I have no idea how fast I was driving, but um, yep, did the audition, came back, thought nothing of it. And then I had uh, a couple, like a month-ish maybe go by, and then I got um, callbacks, like a couple of them in a row for a couple of days at right at the end of my senior year of college. And it was like in my finals week and just had to like tell my professors, like, I'm not coming. Help me make this work. 
Um, and most of them were great. And I had to like really pull with some others, but we made it happen and just did all of these callbacks in a daze, like doing a dance call and then like writing a paper that was due at midnight that night or like <laughs> Skyping into a group presentation and singing a couple of bars. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> so in New York. And then I went back to school, um, like 36 hours before graduation. And I got the call like 36 hours after that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. It was fast. It was really fast. I graduated on a Sunday afternoon, and I got the call on a Tuesday morning. Wow. (laughs) You know, I thought that we had stressful, like, finals. Yeah, it was not fun. I'm, like, saying to all of those who want to do theater, don't do that. It wasn't fun. And I was also like had so many other things I was studying besides theater. So it wasn't even just juggling like right. theater classes. So right. That was madness. Madness. Yeah. It's crazy. I love that you you just the, the, the beginning part about going to this college as just like a way to, you know, get some things out of the way. But then having that blossom into something that was much more mm-hmm. and y- because, you know, that 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 happens in a lot of things in life. You know, I, I felt similar to the college I went to. It, uh, there was just no way for me to predict the people I would have met mm-hmm. and the connections I would have made and the relationships I would have forged. And yeah. Yeah. You just don't you just don't know. And like I really found myself in college. And like I I say this a lot that like growing up, I don't ever want to say that I don't work for what I get for. I work my tail off all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But everything growing up was very much within arm's reach. I had to work to get it, but it was right there for the taking. Um, mm-hmm. And I think college was the first time like going to UMass, like finding that fire under my ass again, where it was the first time that the universe was like, okay, fight for it then. And like Mm -hmm. that is such a something that I really like about myself now is like the feist that I have. And I think UMass did that. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally I think that uh, it's something that's very uh, special about. Well, I I mean, I guess I don't know if it's it's specific to theater, but I'm going to say it is because screw everything else. (laughs) Um uh no it's just like it it's so beautiful that that there's like this you pursue this thing right like whatever we've deemed a success we pursue it and but we have to do these other things along the way like you were saying you went to 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 school for to to get these gen eds out and you know grant was kind of talking about that but there's other things like that where you go because you're like i have to survive right i have to live my life while i'm trying to pursue this but that that's those are the places then when those opportunities arise those places that you least expect yeah absolutely and i think that that is such a great part about this thing that we do. Is yeah. That the, the, just because a door might look closed, it doesn't mean that like that it can't be open. Right. And there's not something special that's on the other side of it. Right. Yeah. Totally. Well then, okay. Well, so then, all right. So you, you've graduated. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're Broadway now. Yeah. You are. Broadway. I am Broadway. Um, <laughs> uh, what does that, what does that day look like? What is that? What are you doing? What's a day in the life? Oh, um, like what do you, well, we had it a little, just a little, like, Groundhog Day was a very specific show um, because the day repeats over and over and over again. Um, and right. it's one thing to, like, pick up the choreography for a whole show as fast as you learn on Broadway. 
And it's another thing to pick up the choreography that is super similar, but not exactly the same for the whole length of a show on Broadway. Because mm-hmm. yes. that, I mean, we had day day one, two, and three. I'm, this is so far away from like, I'm going to mess this up. So anybody from Groundhog Day, I'm really sorry if I mess this up. But day one, two, and three were right after each other. Then there was like a sexy day um, where basically he like decides, he realizes Phil Connors from Groundhog Day, whose day is repeating over and over again, if you don't know the plot, um, he basically realizes he can do whatever he wants. So then like there's a day where he just like, kisses a bunch of people and like does whatever he wants. And that day is kind of like what we've been doing, but like sexy. Um, And then there's a couple of days that are like scary. There's a couple that are like fast forwarded. Then we do a full day near the end of the show where he's being nice, spoiler alert, and at least that many. So it's just so complicated because it's something that like a dance move that is on Four on day one is going to be on seven and, and if you don't do it right, you're going to get hit. Like, it's just... Yeah. Oh, my god. By someone else's arms on the stage, not by someone who's mad at you for not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good clarification. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would know. I had a lot of black eyes in that process because I am tiny and I am at everyone's elbow height. So the second something went wrong, Katie was getting punched. And that happened a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Super fun. Oh, uh, so you would say that like you're you're like on a day to day. It's just like you know a lot of like rehearsal for a lot of different different aspects. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of moving it's parts. Very, it's very all consuming. Um, mm-hmm. Especially well, like you're in a you know you're in a rehearsal schedule generally ten to six ish. Um, but then you get home, you have so many things from the day you need to go over. Um, learning all of that stuff feeding yourself bathing occasionally and like throwing yourself into bed like you it's so all-consuming and on your day off you have the errands you've been avoiding all week like laundry you know grocery shopping Mm -hmm. those things so it's it's just super busy and then tech comes when you're in the theater always you never see the sunshine and then previews are a super fun thing (laughs) that on broadway lasts a long time we had six or seven weeks of previews so for that, wow, yeah, for that, we also had a very long one because we had five turntables and like a lot of tech going on. So we had a lot of things to work on. Um, so then for that, you're doing like a, a six-ish show week, I think. And you're rehearsing every single day. So like the show you did last night is not the show you rehearsed the day before. It's sort of the one that you did two days ago. You're learning a new one that day, which isn't going in tonight, but it could go in tomorrow. And then on top of that, because Groundhog Day, it's all similar anyway. So it's just your brain is goo. Like there's nothing. You are not a human. It is so complicated. Um, that sounds like a mess. It was, Just I mean, keeping track of all of those things. So difficult. Um, like everyone had color coded notes. Um, our stage managers were brilliant and they like ran through all of the changes at the top of when they're doing like a curtain speech backstage. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just like maddening. Um, like I made it all four years of college studying more than one major and like never needed coffee. But the second Broadway preview started, I was like, nope, I need something to kickstart my brain. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like. I don't want to say I felt like haughty, but I was like, you know what? I've been doing professional theater my whole life. Like I am trained for this. I am ready for this. 
And man, was it so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's just like the constant go, go, go. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> kick in the pants, but it's in the best way. Yep. So yeah. like theater is one of those things, just like performing, acting in general that, uh, you know, is, is sort of like, I hate to say like mystified, but like a lot of people don't get to experience the ins and outs of, yes. of what the actual process is. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as, as somebody who, who's actually experienced that, I don't know if you felt this way, but me personally, I took a lot of those, um, preconceptions in with me mm. to when I started doing work. Mm -hmm. Um, but was often surprised in either good ways or bad when these preconceptions I had turned out to not be true. Right. What for you was the most surprising thing, either good or bad, when you finally got in those doors and you were like, oh, this is how this works? Um, well, I was kind of told this on my first day by someone who, because um, like all of the experience I had had before that, the show never ran for very long. Um, I think yeah. the longest run I had had before that was like three or four weeks and it was still just mm -hmm. like weekends in the summer. Um, so because of that, it's because everything's so short and it's such like a blip of time. You're so enraptured and this is theater and this is amazing and you're tired, but you love it so, so much. And like the first day of rehearsal, I was chatting with, um, Josh Lehman, who is one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, and he just said to me, he was like, listen, like, this is your Broadway debut. And I love that for you. And I love all of the highs that you're going to feel that said some days, this is going to suck. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be painful. It's going to make you think that you are not talented, that you shouldn't be doing this. Both of those are just part of the gig. And he was like, there mm -hmm. are days where you are coming here because of the paycheck. And that is okay. And like, he said it to me and this sounds so silly, but it like set me free to feel that freely. And like it, that is true. And that is something that I make sure that I say anytime that I'm talking to a student that's like thinking about theater, because it, it feels like such a betrayal of your love for this thing. And that's yeah. so not 100%. true. Like there are days where it is your job and that does not mean you don't love it. And that does not mean you should look for another profession. Mm -hmm. right. But that is what it is. So like that yeah. was kind of yeah. something I that I don't think I would have known by myself. But he Josh said it exactly the right way at exactly the right time. And it just like let me have my feels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when like Grant and I, the first time we, we had those conversations, almost exactly like that about OSF when we started there. Just like, man, this this used to feel so mystical mm -hmm. like like you said and now it's just like yeah, mystical is a great right, word for move, it move to the left and i'm getting paid for that yeah like, you know and it just became a job which like sure i'll move this relieving. table for the paycheck yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. what it is sometimes and that's that's what i did yeah, yeah. and i loved yeah. it like yeah. and yeah. you hated it and all of that is okay i did you know it's oh, true yeah and over the doing one show over the course of almost an entire year, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of go through it all. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of feels. <laughs> and then sometimes you make your way back to the beginning and you're on like, you, you've done this 70 times, but you're like, why does this feel like this is the first time again? Yes. It's such a strange <laughs> range of emotions, but they all happen and they're all, um, really genuine and they're all okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So the life of 
an actor is one that is fraught with constant movement <laughs> and just unsettled. Mm-hmm. Like you just really never know what the next day is going to be. And what I'm wondering is like specifically for you, like how did you become or maybe you didn't, but like how did you deal with the idea of constantly having to move like literally city to city, just states to states? Like, you know, like what what was that first thought about that and how did you become more settled and and okay with that? Um, It it does help to be a little bit of a self-proclaimed loner. Um, mm-hmm. like I have very many friends, so such wonderful people in my life that I am unbelievably lucky to have. Um, but I am single. I have been for a long time and like, that's mainly by choice. Um, so it's cause like, I don't even know how people with families do this. Like that boggles my brain all the time and all hail to them. Cause that's crazy. But I think like, um, knowing how to like keep your life with you in like something smaller than a backpack is a really Mm -hmm, important thing. Um, but that's something that you kind of just learn over time. Like what material possessions make me feel like me? Can I bring them with me? Can I find a way to feel that way anyway, if I can't bring them with me? Um, what people do I need to make a part of my daily life to feel okay? Like I, I talk to my mom and my sister, not together, but either one of them basically every day, every other day at the very least. And the same thing with my best friend, DJ. So like, if that doesn't happen, then I don't feel like myself. And it doesn't matter if that's in person, on a phone, by a text, whatever. But like my day has not fully been me, Katie Garrity, until I have those people in my day. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think, I think you just like, this is such a silly answer, but you just kind of get used to it. Um, but I think it's like, I wish that people listening could see the motions that I'm making with my hands, but like the, the world (laughs) of theater does a lot of these big, like up and down huge valleys and peaks. And like your emotions will do that. Your job will do that. Your money will do that. Um, and you need the things that are like that constant straight line through it. It's very different for every person, but like you have to find those things so that when you are in those peaks that it doesn't feel quite so low. And when you're on top of the, or when you're in the valleys, it doesn't feel so low. And when you're on the peaks, like you still feel grounded. Um, but it is, it's really finding your own middle ground and like what makes you, you and what you need to make you, you outside of your work Mm -hmm. because it's so inconsistent, both just employment and also like in feelings. Yeah, definitely. So what's the one, like, what's one thing that you always make sure you have? Like an actual thing? Yeah. Like what's an actual thing you're like, I'm always taking this. Oh, um, I feel like it changes. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I felt that it was really important. Well, also, so my last show that I did was um, Bliss in Seattle. And I knew in my um, rehearsal room, because I was trying on the shoes, I was rehearsing in my show shoes, that they were beautiful, but really heavy. And my feet hurt at the end of the day. And once when we were packing for Seattle, I was like, I will feel a lot better if I have the comfiest slippers I own to put on in my hotel room and like give my feet a hug. 
Mm-hmm. And like, that seems yeah. like such a small thing, but it really changed. Like I kept them by the door of my hotel room and I put them on the second I got inside and it just like made me feel better. Then yeah. I kept my Birkenstocks in my dressing room and walked around in tights and those. So I was, it was just the looks were excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's obviously a lot of things that work against you in mm-hmm. this profession. You know, there's also a lot of really great things, but you know, being honest, there are a lot of things working against you. Oh yeah. Um, and this question is totally subjective. Um, Love but that. what do you find is the like strongest force of opposition, like the hardest challenge that you continually, or maybe just once, you know, go up against that, that, you know, that does its best to get in your way of, of your success or whatever. Um, I think, I mean, fighting against your, the own voice in your own head is a big, big, big thing. Um, and that's something that I truly believe you can train your brain out of. And just like, you don't give it the space. So like that has Mm -hmm. been, that was something that I really struggled with when I was younger. And I feel like I have like, honestly, a decent grasp on it now where I just, that voice is not that loud in my head and I don't allow it to be. Um, But like, it's, I mean, it's different with every person, but it's really that somebody has an opinion of you and you're either going to prove them very right or you have to work really hard to prove them wrong. And like, for me, I am a plus size performer and like, for whatever reason, it's in everyone's mind that fat is a skill set. And I'm like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not true. Being pretty is not a skill set. So it's, it's a bizarre, like, I feel like that's something that I'm not necessarily being opposed by, but it's just like, I shouldn't have to surprise you by walking in a room and be able to dance. Like, that's such a silly uh, misconception that, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that it ha- that has to do with like anything, you know what I mean? Like you could come in like skinny as a rail and have this unbelievable instrument and no one expects that big noise to come out of you. And that's mm-hmm. excellent because like the, the element of surprise can totally work in your favor. But at the same time, you're like, why did I have to come into a room with people thinking 87 things about me already? Like, just let mm-hmm. me walk into the room. Right. So I think that everybody's, everybody's are going to be different, but you are walking in prejudged no matter what that means. And that is silly. Hmm. I agree. Yeah. Well, so then knowing, so then you knowing that, that that's something that can exist is that kind of prejudgment. And, um, what is it then that you do? Like, what is it the kind of, uh, work or, or stories that you kind of gravitate towards then? Like knowing that that's something that could be present. Is there something like that that you particularly would try to go for or do you just, you know, you just are like, hey, whatever, whatever gets me through this, this, this work period or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, clearly I'm fine leaning into it. I've played Tracy and Hairspray more times than I can count. Um, yeah. So like it can I mean, it can also get you cast. But like I, I always make sure that I know I know what I'm bringing to the table and I know the reasons I was cast so that it when the voices come in undeniably about like the reasons you had to overcome like i don't even think about those because yeah. it's just like pushing it towards the other positive side of it where it's like this is what i brought to the table and everything else is not really my job to think about 
because I'm yep. here. Yeah. So yeah. let's do the work, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what have you wanted? What do you want to do? Like, what's the big, what's the dream role? Um, I feel like, well, growing, I'm, I'm really lucky that I've done a lot of them. Um, cause like growing up, you like see the roles that you could play. Um, like I really wanted to play little red and into the woods. That's also one that I've done many times kind of grew up in that role and that was beautiful. And I love that show. It's still one of my favorites was kit like dying to be Tracy. And, um, obviously I've done that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've done the hell out of that one, but, uh, so that's super fun. Um, I went like was dying to be Gertrude and Susical, and I got to do that in college, um, which was a blast personally. Cause like a lot of them I've, I've done or kind of outgrown now where like you'd have to be a child. Um, and I would love to be Audrey too, like the plant in little shop Yes, and just scrout mm. my face off. <laughs> And also come to work in sweats. Like, that'd be great. Yeah. Not yeah. having to pin curl this mane on my head would be dope. That'd be great. <laughs> so this this is a kind of similar question. But, like, let's say there's a there's a new show just written hot off the press. What, what, what elements of a show would just make you super excited to work on it? Like, what do you think makes a really good show? And what about a show you know, it is something that, that really excites you about, about being in that specific show, as opposed to, you know, you know, doing the, the, the show that you would absolutely hate to do. Hmm. I think that it, it has to do with, um, like having someone, you're the director or someone on the team or a designer, just having exactly the same opinion as you is great. Like yeah. I remember auditioning for OSF and I had a terrible day walking up to the room. So I was like really shaky and I didn't, well, I wasn't in a good space to like give it all of the good feels that I wanted to. But, um, I think it was Jackie, the choreographer who was the one that was sitting behind the table. Um, and I was singing, you can't stop the beat. And they were like, can you just sing it again? And like, give it hell. I was like, yes. And like that, <laughs> that was, but it was so fun. Cause like, I don't see Tracy as this like doe-eyed Bambi. And I was, right. it was so clear from the beginning of that audition process that that is not what they were going for. And then Jackie's dance call in New York, I was like at a 90 degree angle when we were done, like heaving. I was so out of breath and it was like a blast, super fun room, hard, but fun. And I was like, I can do this choreography for a year. Let's do it. So it's just like mm -hmm. being on exactly the same wavelength and feeling it. That's what gets you pumped where you're like, I don't have yeah. to fight these people to get my opinion heard. We are right there already. So let's do it. And like you just right. kind of feel that like that kind of happened in the room with my bliss audition as well. I just felt that we were getting the same thing, which is great. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah, that's that's super unique. I I feel like I've currently had more experience of experiences of the opposite mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm working against someone. But that is excellent when there's that like serendipitous moment where you just click and uh, th the work kind of happens on its own just because everyone's on the same page about it. Totally. And it just and, but it then like you're also, you, you feel free to you feel free to to you know, really explore things more because you're less worried about 
fitting the mold of of what this other person has to do and you're more like hey i can explore this exciting idea that we will share right right it just feels it's a very it's it's like safe and dangerous at the same time and it's wonderful right right yeah yeah i love that safe and dangerous at the same time <laughs> that's very good thank you that's uh, that's our one for this episode i was gonna <laughs> say we we're getting close we have like a quote of a quote or just a saying or phrase so far we've accumulated a few yes. uh, from every episode. Maybe, yeah. maybe our, our goal is to make a book. Our <laughs> guy, uh, Bob has them all down in his booth. Love that. He writes them down for us. Yeah. We, yeah. Is that his name? Bob? Yeah. I thought it was uh, Mark. Wasn't that the it? computer guy? It, is it Mark or is it this Bob? This is the hypothetical uh, okay. character that we would have hired if we were a higher budget podcast. That would be the like uh, technician off to the side to Google things for us when I we don't know. And also write down talking the quotes. about someone. I'm like, guys, no, gonna hear this. no. Like, well, it's we've because got I'm an actor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're so um, good. Um, Even through the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So like, let's talk about, cause there are times like surprise right now where we're all quarantined. Yep. Okay. And you know, things aren't necessarily happening. The world has kind of come screeching to a halt. Um, but even in less dramatic circumstances, there are going to be times in a lot of people's lives. Now, whether it's someone who's trying to start out in this career or someone who is in the middle of their career where things are going to hit that low point, kind of like you said, mm -hmm. it's the, all an ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. So what do you do then when you are on one of those points where you're not, you know, you're not working, like say like right now, what do you do to keep yourself uh, like creatively uh, stimulated? Like what do you do for yourself? Um, I think making sure no matter what, that you're only creating when you feel like creating and not creating for the sake of creation. Mm -hmm. um, because mm, I think okay. that kind of just pr produces shoddy work in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Cause like I, I really didn't do a lot of, like I sang for a couple of concerts and things like that throughout the year, but I didn't really make any sort of like, I'm just going to post a video of me singing on social media, um, until fairly recently at the holidays, because I was like, you know what? Like I kind of miss singing and I really love Christmas music, but I didn't feel that I needed to do that beforehand just because somebody needed to hear me sing. Like my instrument's yeah. fine. I can still sing. No one needs to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think that it just that you don't have to worry when it's not striking you as something you want to do. Cause that seems to be the panic right now. And yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. Like mm -hmm. we have such busy lives and like what we always ask for is a break and you got one. And like, yeah, a lot <laughs> yeah, of it sucks, but like do the things that fill you as a person because your job is such a small part of you. Um, like do the things that do that. Like I've been reading so much just, and I'm a bookworm. I always have been, but like as of late having to, you know, do a lot of auditions, have a lot of things memorized. It's just like, I haven't had the brain space for it. And it hasn't been something that's been really fun for me, but I've been like flying through books this whole time and it's been wonderful. And I can hear it in my speech. I feel like I'm more eloquent. Um, and that feels really cool. At the same time, I'm like helping other students with some school stuff and like, it's nice to wake up the math brain that I also have. So it's, um, yeah, right. I think that it's, we also have to remind ourselves that creativity, big air quotes, um, is, mm -hmm. is a multifaceted thing. Like there's so many ways to be creative. And just because you've been doing that in theater so far does not mean you can't be creative elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. And totally, but also just because you're, not necessarily doing it in the same way as you were before doesn't mean you have to necessarily like force your way exactly into man. I don't know. I don't know about you, Karen. I, I, 
I actually, I feel like I really needed to hear that just personally. Cause I've, I feel like in the back of my head, I knew that, but I hadn't heard those words in that order no, or totally. said that out loud myself. Right. And that, I mean, for me, that's just been a, a large source of anxiety the last many months. Yeah. yeah. It's like the same thing that like what Josh said to me for a stay at Groundhog Day. It's like, I would have figured that out, but just letting, having somebody say it to me gives you the permission to feel it. Yeah, and like definitely. sometimes that's what we yeah. need. We just need to hear someone else say it. Yeah, it's crazy. So much of what we do uh, is uh, comes back to letting yourself off the hook. Yeah. Can you let yourself off the hook for stuff? Right. Because like, yeah. And like, also like, when to, because like sometimes said, that's not good. Like sometimes you yep. do it too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it's that it's a skill because it's like sometimes you have to be able to like just stop putting so much pressure on right. yourself. Right, And you got to know you yourself. Know? And what better time to know yourself than the time where we're all just sitting around with ourselves? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, it's too real. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, hey, Katie, th- thank you again uh, for for coming down and uh, coming down like we're at the studio. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> so, I'm at my desk uh, in my bedroom. Well, Bob's over I know, there. I'm literally sitting Mark, on my Bob bed. Bob Mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for talking to us and, you know, opening up this uh, uh, world, you know, and diving into it. And that's, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's really what we want to do uh, here. That's why Grant and I want to do this is we, we want to explore these topics, these professions, these ideas that, have that kind of air of mysticism and whatever about them. And we want to unpack them, you know, that way so that the listeners can understand, but also so we can, you know, because there's a lot that there's so much that we don't know. Totally. Like, Very that. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me. This uh, is a blast. Oh, of course. Listen, we're going to do a part two. I will be happy uh, to. Well, you know what? Just that whole episode that it's, what I want is a whole episode that it's just Katie Garrity life stories, Katie Garrity life advice. Like, I think we could go, I think we could do two hours easy. That would be so just, just much. That. <laughs> <laughs> Katie's like, I don't know. I don't two know hours. That. That's fair. Yeah. Plus you that's gotta fair. like keep it clean that's on the fair. air and I just don't know how much I could do that. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, maybe that one might just be like the, the res- private reserve Explicit. one. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Special edition content. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Um, Well, hey, listeners, thank you so much for you guys stopping by and listening as well. Uh, Grant, anything, anything else? No, you, you wrapped it up nicely, my dude. Hey, I'm learning. I'm learning how to close a podcast. (laughs) I think we, I think we get better at it every time. I agree. I agree. This was the most important episode. This was (laughs) it. It's true. It's true. Um, well, alrighty. We'll see, we'll see everybody next time. <laughs>